Brian, we were talking about it and a lot of people think they're building a business so that they're going to earn money. And all they've done is really create a salary for themselves. And you mentioned that it's not about that. It's about wealth. But what is wealth? Uh, wealth is making profit in a business, investing it into investment so that you never have to work again. And I think it's the biggest single mistake that most people make from a financial perspective is they chase the money, they don't chase the profit. And that literally is a recipe for disaster. Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I am so excited that Brian Walsh has joined me today on the show. Brian, welcome. How are you, Esty? I am fantastic and I'm so excited. You and I have been working together for a while and I'm so excited that we finally get you on the show to join us and talk to everybody. So guys, for those who don't know, Brian started his first business at the age of 16. He has many years experience as an entrepreneur running 13 companies, ranging from music studios to a publishing company. But in truth, he never achieved any significant success in these businesses. And it was only after running the Real Entrepreneur Institute for seven struggling years that Brian, practicing all the same stuff that he and his community teach today, became truly successful. He's now a self-made multimillionaire and grew his business over 20 times in the last few years. His vision is to create a community of over 5 million entrepreneurs throughout the world and help as many of them as possible to achieve true wealth, meaning, and freedom in their lives. I love it. I love this. I'm so bought into you and your mission and everything you do. <sighs> so what, I want to go through the whole story, but before we do, is there any one thing, is there any one turning point that took you from numerous unsuccessful businesses to finally pivoting and getting it to work? Yeah, I think, I mean, um, a mistake that a lot of people make they think you know what we do is what makes us successful and i you know right from the beginning when i was young okay 16 year i was i was printing t-shirts and stuff and i've got a photo of me sitting at a market looking bored out of my mind because i loved making them and designing them and printing them but selling them was not on my agenda but um when i got into the music industry i actually did most things right i, I the, the media used to rave about me as being this young kind of genius and i put it on these shows and everything but but it didn't matter what I did, it wouldn't work out very well financially for me. And I guess, you know, coming from a witness in a father who was an entrepreneur for, for all of my life that I can remember and many sacrifices he made, um, I sort of like, you know, I, I, it took me a while to realize, but it wasn't what I was doing that was often wrong. It was who I was that was wrong. It was my own, you know, my own That's sort of manifestation of my... That it wasn't doing no, it's, it's who you were. What does that even mean? I, I was, I was, you know, I had a low self-worth. I, 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 it was important subconsciously for me to prove to myself that I wasn't worthy of the successes. And look, I mean, SD, we're all broken like this. You know, the truth is, as humans, you know, we, we brought up in such a crazy place with so many, you know, inconsistencies and so many negative conditionings that um, I, I always say, like, everyone's broken. It doesn't matter how big the story is. You have a big story, a small story. It doesn't matter. We're broken. And that break 
can be the fundamental difference between success and failure. Because getting that people have spikes of success, you would have witnessed this often, even in your own life. Like we get it right, but then it doesn't stay right. Or, you know, we have a good time and then we don't have a good time. And there's this lack of consistency. When, when true success comes, when you can kind of find really who you are and then start to live congruently. And part of that is your journey to become the best version of yourself. And the best version of yourself is yourself, but it's dealing with the stuff that was actually holding you back. And a lot of it's subconscious. It takes a self-awareness, which I think is a critical component and a realization. I mean, I've been running businesses for 35 years and my failures are not failures because of what I did. Like I said, I mean, there's many things I did really well. My failures were just manifestations of my own belief in myself and what I was worthy of. So until I started to address that, and especially in the last few years where it became uh, very personal, and it, was, it wasn't even about money or business. It was about, you know, much deeper sort of elements of abandonment and worthiness. Um, did the many things that I'd been putting together, like all suddenly start to fit together and the cog started to make sense. So in, without a doubt in my mind, I needed to become the person that would allow the business to succeed. It wasn't that the business couldn't succeed. I just had to become the person that, that my energy, my collection, the way I connected with people, the relationships I built, and the flow that I generate around me actually manifested into something really special. So that's really what my belief is. So I love that. And I, I agree with all of it. There was so much information there and it was all very general. Is there, is there a practical piece to that? Meaning, you know, listening to you and I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. But what do I do? How do I find myself? How do I get rid of my, you know, we call them the limiting beliefs. How do I become worthy? How do I become that person? You know, I have a quote that I, um, I made up. I decided it's a new SDism that the only way to our story is through our story because we all have a story, right? And at the end, we're like, oh my God, and I did this and I've been here and I did that and now I ended up here. The only way to your story is to live through it. Yeah. I think the thing that that I always refer to when people say, so my, my real shift came in 2012 from this perspective. My real success shift came in the last sort of two years. But um, the shift was really where, you know, I, I turned 42. I was, um, I'd, I'd promised myself since I was about 30 that when I'm 40, I'm going to be in the best financial position of my life. I'm going to be cruising. You understand there's a lot of history of myself and my dad. And ironically, 50 was really the critical year because as a child, I remember him achieving all his financial goals at the age of 50. And I always sort of in the back of my mind had this 50 things important. And it's funny because my biggest growth has come in my 50th year. When it started, 2020, I thought, oh my God, this is not going to go so well. <laughs> it turned you, out, you always but, have like an internal program that which, which I probably could have tried to break before 50, but uh, the point is when I got when I got to 42 in 2012, I remember waking up like early in January and I, I just walked through to my my bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I literally just screamed at myself and I said, "What the freaking hell is wrong with you?" And I was a lot more animated in my language, and I was like, seriously, like like how many decades do you have to live on this planet before you can show some resemblance of success? Because I was miserable, unhealthy, broke, alone. I was just. Like it was enough. And the truth is, I had been telling myself literally since I was 30, thousands and thousands of times, when I'm 40, I'm going to be cruising. Now, I remember my 40th birthday, like it was yesterday. I remember waking up in a single steel bed in a little like shack almost, you know, on a farm, uh, which was, you know, probably quite a, a reflection of where I was. And, and, and I remember literally my voice, little voice in my head going like, so how's it going? You know, you're 40 now, what happened? <laughs> And, and I'll, I mean, it was literally like a conversation. And I remember saying, hey, hey, I never said when I turned 40, I said when I'm 40. 
I thought this was brilliant. I just bought myself another year. It would have been a really cool story if by the time I got to 41, everything had changed. But the truth is, nothing had changed. I was probably worse off at 41. I love that. And, and so I think the first day. <laughs> yeah, you know, give me two days at least. But I, but the truth is, like, like I, so when I got, like, and I kind of cruised through my 40, you know, second year um, or 41st year, so to speak. And then when I, you know, January 2012, I was going to turn 42. In, in March. And honestly, it's just, you know, when you've had a kind of break and you've got to reflect, I, I, I was just, that was it. I was like at that critical point in my life where it's like, you know what, I don't want to carry on like this. This is insane. I mean, am I just going to live a life of misery and struggle for the rest of my life? And um, I remember after a few days of depression, because the question like, what the hell's wrong with you is not exactly going to get great answers out of your brain. No. Um, but it's you like, know, oh, it was, this is wrong with you and this, like, cause whatever questions you ask, you'll get answered. This is wrong with you. This is wrong with you. It might've been this. You're stupid. You're not educated. You're not worthy. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so eventually it was like, what can I do? And in that moment, it wasn't in a moment maybe, but in a number, uh, you know, a little bit of self-reflection, I realized I knew a lot of stuff intellectually. I'd been teaching people how to be successful in business for a long time. I'd been teaching people how to be successful. The crazy thing is people were actually becoming successful based on what I was teaching them. <laughs> I knew it was right. And then I realized, oh my goodness, Brian, you, you know a lot of stuff intellectually. Like you can sit and talk the talk, but you're not walking the walk. Like your life does not illustrate that you know any of this stuff. And it was that kind of realization that made me realize you know, I don't know. And there's a humility to, uh, there's definitely humility to being successful as well. There's, there's a need to be able to step back and say, oh, I don't know. Like, who cares what I know intellectually? If my life doesn't illustrate it, like, how can it possibly be real? And so I went back, I, I went back to courses. I remember saying, I'm going to go to Tony Robbins because I'd never been to him, but I'd read his books and stuff. I went and worked with John Martini. That was one of the biggest breakthroughs for me because I'd known John for years, but it took me five years to actually go and pay attention to what he was teaching. And, uh, and then I just read, I read so many books. I remember T.R. Becker's Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I think I read it 36 times in 2012. Wait, and, which book um, is this? And, eh? Which book is this that you read 36 times? The, the Secrets of the, the, the Millionaire Mind by T.R. Becker, which is like a really good looking at, at the conditioning of the mind around money. And, and I just went, and, but I mean, I would go and sit in the front. I even, like, even though I was a promoter, I'd go to an event that was mine. I'd go and sit in the front with my pad and work. And people would look at me and say, why are you sitting here? I'm like, because I want to learn, you know? <laughs> it's like, just because I put the event on, that's my advantage. Um, it was like crazy. And I still do that today. People will come into events and see me at the back with a note and pad. And they say like, oh, when are you going to speak? And I'm like, I'm not speaking. I'm just here to learn. Um, I think that's, but learning is not just the knowledge. Learning is really finding what you should implement. So that's to me was probably the turning point. And there was this like, there was this kind of gradual progression. Then there was like an exponential growth. Then there was a nice merry dip that kind of put me in my place. Um, and then, and then sort of, you know, and nothing was straight line. It was up and down, but, but then it was over the last few years, it was kind of like the, the coming together of all that work that sort of started to really materialize. I teach a principle called the real entrepreneur about creating wealth, meaning and freedom. I teach about how to build teams through culture and all this, but I never actually felt like I lived it because it's not that easy to live. Um, now I feel like I live it. It's actually an incredible place to be. I have this incredible team. I have a business that's really profit centric and profitable. I get to love what I do. I can go on my own personal crazy journeys and go into all types of weird emotional states while dealing with my personal stuff. My business still operates so beautifully and brings me back home. I'm like, it's, it's real, it can be done. But the thing that probably changed me the most when you talk about it was John Martini's work on values and identifying who I was. Because I think people really struggle with their identity. They have a lot of false perceptions of their identity. 
and values and John's work on values, which, which is incredibly in depth, but the principle of understanding that our voids lead to our values, we actually do know who we are, but we're just clouded by all the super, you know, super imposed values on us. Identifying that, you, you, you get it when you realize the voids, the things that led to it, when it becomes obvious, when that's the true sense of gratitude when you look at your past and you're truly grateful for it. And then molding your life to work around that. So, you know, my value is a connection, learning, travel. My business connects people on learning journeys on a global basis, as you witnessed. And like, as long as we're doing that, like I'm living my dream. And the truth is, you know, I'm, I'm not a, teaching is not my primary thing. You know, putting people in front of you is my primary thing. And we've been doing that massively in the last couple of years. Thanks to COVID, it sounds really terrible to say that. No, but because but we were again, everything is a, is two sides, right? There have been but, many beautiful things that come out of it. We don't only have to talk about the painful and the challenging things. There are many beautiful things. No, I just think it was like you know, they, it's like it's like you know, I've heard a lot of people say it took me ten or fifteen years to become an overnight success. Yes. In the last eighteen months, or the last twelve months, not even twelve months, our business grew ex exponentially, but not just grew from a revenue and influence point of view, but from a profitability point of view. And, you know, people might look at it and say like, oh, are you lucky or gee, how did you do that so quickly? Like, I didn't do that quickly. That was like 12 years of preparation. <laughs> you know? oh. Then it all fell into place. But a lot of that preparation is me, you know, actually just finding myself and, and overcoming the, the big things in my past that I did recently in the last sort of year and a half that were, were holding me back in the way that I connected with people. My highest value is connection, but I was actually petrified of connecting with people individually. And so, you know, that breakthrough and those kind of final kind of pieces that fell into place allowed the flow to become more natural. And I, I really think entrepreneurship is, we all know what to do. I mean, it's not that hard. There's, there's people all over the place teaching us. Look at the amazing things you're teaching people. But the truth is, you know, in marketing, two people can do exactly the same thing to the same market with the same campaigns, with the same product. One works, one doesn't. What's the difference? And truthfully, you know, whether you allow that success to manifest or not is really often the defining factor. And not just to manifest once or twice. We've all had our brilliant moments, but to do it consistently. And um, so the personal journey is probably the most critical journey to succeeding in business. So where do you pick out these values? Is there like a value list? No, so the values, so interesting enough, the, the values is a, if you look it up in the dictionary, they talk a lot about kind of societal accepted values like love and integrity and honesty and that kind of stuff. But if you look at the origin of the word, the word actually meant what is truly most important. So every one of us through our, um, really through our past, and particularly as a child where we made decisions based, and the interesting thing, it's not based on obvious things. Like you, you can grow up poor, it doesn't mean that you want to, you value not being poor or you value being rich. Otherwise, everyone would be rich. But the truth is, you know, some children make a decision that I'm, when I'm older, I'm never going to be like this. I'm never going to let my kids suffer like this. I'm going to look after my family. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And that becomes their obsession in a way. And so the thing that they lacked becomes what they want to fulfill. And we all have this. And the brain has enhanced this for years. And if you listen to John, and John's, you know, polymath, his actual, like his level of research is beyond reckoning but you know how the brain actually manifests and how it molds itself and it knows when you've been true to those things that are actually important to you that came from your life from decisions often not even consciously or not that you can't even actually remember but you'll as you as you reflect on them you'll remember all the incidences that led up and past it often as a child but sometimes through a major incident you could have a near-death incident and then suddenly you value health where you didn't value health 
I've got a lot of friends who've had near-death incidents who still don't value health. So it's not get, nothing's guaranteed, but it's it's there and it's been there. And in a way, your life reflects it. It's the things that naturally inspire you, the things that naturally make you like excited. And the problem is we're imposed by everyone else's value. The classic one is, oh, you're a parent. So the most important thing in your life must be being a parent. Um, for most parents, they, their highest value is not to be a parent. That doesn't mean they can't be a good parent but they will end up feeling resentment towards their children because they feel like they're sacrificed for them. Um, when the truth is they should just exemplify, be true to themselves because the best thing any child wants anyway is to see their parents succeed and be happy. You know, so we've, we've got a lot of things wrong. And John has a, John has a process called the Demartini value determination process. You can actually get it online for free. And he's got a book called the values factor, which is absolutely brilliant in this space. And uh, you know, it, it's, you, you do that process. It's not a very complex process. And you start to realize, and, and when you confirm them with your with your with your voids, you really believe. And then you suddenly look at your life and say, well, if I can do as much as possible, both through my own personal life and through what I do in business that serves these things, well, then it's just so much more natural for me to succeed. And here's the real key in business. Can you get your team to have their value served by working in your business as well? So in our team, our highest collective value in our team is family. I never knew that until about six months ago because I thought it must be personal development or whatever. But the truth is, if you came into a team meeting with our team, they just refer to the family all the time. And the way they look after each other personally is unbelievable. You know, like stronger than many of them look after their own, you know, or had in their own families. And, and that was amazing. Obviously, mine was connection, which relates to family, as I realized as well. And, um, and so obviously there's a sense of belonging amongst the team, which is very important, but they've all got their own values. So those that have values and being a parent, we know, and as leadership, we know, and we know if we're having a conversation with them, the first thing we're going to ask them is, how's the kids? It's a silly little thing, but it's important to them. And if a child is sick, it's like, you just go, like, like don't even think about it. There's five people that step in your place, go and be with your child. Little things like that make the world of a difference to a person in a team because if their value no one works for themselves they work for what's important to them and if their values are met by working your business you'll get a level of loyalty you, you can't even express i cannot i literally have to pinch myself when i think of my team the level of loyalty the love for this business like the fact that they follow me and my vision it's and they're from all over the world and it's, it's just it's almost unbelievable but that all comes from an alignment you know them serving themselves by being in the business and us collectively serving through the business so there's a lot of tools like that that actually have made a profound difference in my life and many students that i've worked with lives as well i love it i feel like family i mean maybe because maybe it is my value as well right so like my team i have a lot of moms on my team i myself am a mom as you know and uh, everyone's schedule is geared around their family as a priority. Like they know if something goes on in your family, yeah, we've got you covered. I never even thought about it as a thing. It was just such a, a given, you know, the positions yeah. are part-time to three-quarter time because your average mom cannot do full-time and balance yeah. um, the rest of her responsibilities. And you know, a couple full-times for the ones that can handle it, but always, always, if there's an emergency, like it's just understood, right? That that's obviously a priority. And yeah. It's funny because I would have said that, you know, for me, what do I think, Mike, as you're talking, I'm like, I'm always thinking, you know, we all are. We're like, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to my life? And I'm like, I feel like my company team culture was service, right? Because we're here to serve people. That's, that's who I am. That's who the team is. But it's interesting because when you're saying family, I'm like, oh, that's, that's also so much what we're about. So now I've got to crunch this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this. I'm going to look into John's stuff. I haven't 
Um, I've heard about him. Yeah, I, I'll try and hook you up. You get John to come and do one of your podcasts and explain it. We, if you notice on our summits, that. every summit we feature John. He's not even live because John can go off on tangents when I interview him. So I, I prefer to just play the videos we have of where he's like got it perfectly summarized in a one hour talk. Um, and if he ever hears that, John, I love you, but it's true, you know. Um, but the thing is like like that, I've never seen, we like in the last summit where we had a lot of people, we asked people how many you actually did a spot survey with John and said, how many of you have ever heard of this guy, Dr. John Martini? And 72% of the room on both summits had never heard of him. But the level of like light bulbs that go on when people listen to it, because it's just almost so obvious when you kind of get it. So what you that's said that's now is 100% obvious, naturally. I mean, mom, being a mom is important to you. You wouldn't have five kids if it wasn't. If you listen to your story, you know, parenting is, is definitely something from you. And I'm sure if we dug in, there's plenty of stories as to why it's important to you. It's natural for you to attract other people that have similar values. So by having lots of moms in your team, you have a natural affinity and they feel really supported and really, and they'll be really loyal to the business because they know it's important. So there's certain obvious things like that. What's interesting is though everyone, no one has the same set of values and it's full hierarchy. So it's always interesting, like all our team do their values like at least twice a year. And then they get published in the, in the sort of team group. And it's, it fascinates me because I, even I, we got like 16 full-time people on the team. So we think, we think we know, but we don't always know. And often when I feel like somebody's struggling in an area and values shift and they also, they're also fluid. So they don't necessarily stay the same. The primaries do, but things come in and go out. And you look at those values, you can see those shifts and you can adjust the way you deal with that person. You can take a person who's about to walk out the door and turn them into a complete loyal, you know, person again. And, and it's so authentic because all we want, all we're trying to do is have them live their most fulfilled lives by working with us. You know, I mean, what a privilege. And yeah. not everyone's going to fit the mold and that's okay. We, we got to find the ones that do. But yeah, it's, it's, it's profoundly powerful individually, but also in those contexts as well. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?